सर्वे भवंतु सुखिना सर्वे सन्तु निरामया सर्वे भद्राणि पश्यन्तु माकचिद भाग भवेत ओम शांति 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 हेलो नमस्ते and good evening from washington dc my name is sat parashar i thank you for joining and i welcome you all to hindutva for global good conference 2021 it is my privilege to make a few opening remarks i will limit my remarks to what why and how of this conference this conference is essentially educational in nature and effort is being made to educate people particularly those living and propagating and also those supporting such people with irrational misconceptions about hindutva and hinduism hindutva is the essence of hinduism and hinduism is the oldest continuing civilization of our world i hope you would agree fads and fashion come and go only functional rational and scientific survive for thousands of years and that is hinduism and hindutva unfortunately you may have heard there has been so much misinformation spread by vested interests and their propaganda machine against hindus hinduism and hindutva i would say thanks to the left side of the human brain and eyeballs hungry media a person who blocks a road draws more attention and turns more rubber necks than a person who builds a road and maintains a good road but well meaning persons recognize and respect only road builders and not road blockers i wish to say thank you americans and the well meaning leadership of america Hindus in your eyes as per declaration of October as the Hindu heritage month by more than one state of the United States of America is a clear evidence of your love and appreciation 
of Hindus. And I like to quote from the state of Ohio declaration of October 2021 as Hindu Heritage Month. Quote, whereas during the month of October, the culture, history, traditions, achievements and contributions of Hindus are recognized and celebrated throughout the United States. And whereas American Hindus have made numerous positive contributions in all aspects of society, from science to business to politics to spirituality, unquote. The same sentiments have been expressed by many other states of the United States of America, including Florida, Texas, New Jersey, Massachusetts, Georgia, Minnesota, Virginia, and California. I must say that I sincerely regret if I have missed some name because the messages are continuously flowing into us. But a thought comes to my mind that, in a way, the job of the speakers in this conference has been made much easier by these unequivocal expression of great support by Americans and American leadership to the ideas of Hinduism and Hindutva. After all, what Hindus have achieved that they are admired for have been achieved by practicing Hinduism and Hindutva as a way of life, wherever they are in any part of the world, right from east to the west and from north to the south. Uh, you may, if I may suggest, please watch if you have not already a documentary titled The Story of India. It has been produced by PBS and BBC and it has been narrated by a famous English historian, Michael Wood. It's a six parts documentary. Oh, you may be busy. And I would therefore suggest or rather commend that please do watch at least part one of this documentary. Oh, it is 24 seven available. It is free of cost available on YouTube. You will then see and understand the evolution of Hinduism and Hindutva or call it Sanatana Dharma or Manav Dharma or the religion of humanity. 
I may also share with you that when Hindu Heritage Foundation of America was discussing and deliberating to host this conference, some wiser voices said, but why this conference? Those who are closed heads, how will your education change them? Do you know you can take a horse to the water, but you can't make him drink? The response of the organizers was, we very well know. You can take a horse to the water, but you can't make him drink. But we don't know whether you know or not that Hinduism and Hindutva is the philosophy of Karmanyavadikaraste, which means you have under your control your karma, your action. And it is thus your duty, it is your bounden duty to perform your action with complete commitment and dedication. Result, you should aim, but not worry about. However, the principle of cause and effect tends to assure that a good input and process leads to a good outcome. I would therefore say that this conference is being organized and presented first and foremost in the spirit of Karmanyavadikaraste. And secondly, the 21st century is a highly connected world. Thanks to information and community, sorry, communication technology. The 21st century is the world where only science, rationality and functionality are respected. Dogma, paid motivated agenda, rent a face are readily seen through and disrespected and abode. Those kind of elements may blur whatever they like and sometime in the garb of free speech. But it does not cut ice. It doesn't stick. Some of you know this conference is being presented over three days. September 30th to October 2nd, 2021 U.S. time and October 1st to 3rd India time and rest of the world as per their time zones. It is being streamed live on Facebook, YouTube and a dozen other media channels. And its, it's recording will be definitely available for your watching later at your pace and place. Each session in this conference will be of 20 minutes each. So each day we will have six speakers. Each of the speaker 
is a highly distinguished expert, professional, accomplished, and celebrated in their own field of work and study. We shall have total 18 speakers from across the globe, from Japan, Australia, India, Bangladesh, United States of America. And these experts will represent all walks of life, including science, culture, business, education, and spirituality. I may say you are going to experience a great confluence and convergence of thoughts of experts from different walks of life from different parts of the world. I use the word convergence because as you may have heard from the mountaineers, Everest is there only. That is the Hinduism and Hindutva, the Everest of humanity. I congratulate and thank you for joining. I may as well share with you that as part of the conference schedule, we have kept an open discussion session both at the end of the second day and the third day. And we look forward to hearing your thoughts, comments, feedback, and suggestions during those sessions. As a matter of an important note, each speaker in this conference shall be presenting his or her personal views. And neither their employer organizations nor the organizing and supporting organizations of this conference will be responsible for the views expressed. The broad focus of the conference will be to highlight what is Hinduism and Hindutva. How Hindutva is the essence of Hinduism and how Hindutva is good for the globe. The focus is on Hinduism and Hindutva as a practical philosophy of life that has worked for good for the humanity. And you have heard the opinion of American leadership a little while ago from me. In this conference, we are concerned with Hinduism and Hindutva. That was there before the, before the excuse me, invaders and disruptors came to India. India that has been the seat of Hinduism and Hindutva. And that Hindutva and Hinduism that has survived even after all those invaders and disruptors. And have faith. Hinduism and Hindutva will survive forever. It is scientific. It is rational. It is functional. 
it is everlasting. I'm glad to now briefly introduce you to the speakers of this conference. Today, you will hear six speakers. You will hear Professor Sujata Tripathi. She is a Sanskrit scholar, par excellence. You will hear Professor Sangeet Ragi, who is a well-known political scientist. You will hear Mr. Pranay Kumar, who is a well-known media personality. Dr. Ratan Sharma, an author, editor, and a TV panelist. Dr. Chandan Upadhyay, he is an academician and specialist in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. And our sixth speaker of today will be Mr. Sandeep Singh, who is an educational and media leader. Tomorrow, the second day of the conference, you will hear Professor Milin Satir. He is an Australian academician. Mr. Aditya Satsangi, he is a startup specialist and Vedic scholar in USA. Mr. Avnish Kumar Singh, an institution builder and educational leader. Mr. Pankaj Jaiswal, MNC executive, author and educationist. Professor Mini Sirvastav, legal expert and an academician. Dr. K. Parmeshwaran, who is a constitutional law expert. And on the third and concluding day of this conference, you will have the privilege of listening to Mr. Shantanu Gupta, who is a community organizer. Mr. Deepen Mitra, he is from World Hindu Federation, Bangladesh chapter. You will hear Dr. Omendra Ratnu, who is a medical doctor and community leader. You will hear Mr. Rohan Agrawal, who is a Japan expert. And Swami Sachidananji, a religious and cultural leader. The detailed profile of these speakers have been posted on our website, hindutvaforglobalgood.org. You may please visit there for this information and more information. And we sincerely thank all our esteemed speakers. Well, as the saying goes, you need a village to raise a child. It is as much true for a conference and is all the more true for a conference of the kind that we are hosting, a global conference. In this conference, we have been supported by 25 organizations and media partners. Our supporting organizations are Hindu Heritage Foundation of USA of America, Bhishma School of Indic Studies India, Yog Sadhana Ashram Chicago USA, Subhash Chandra Bose Institute of Higher Education India, Hindu Council of Australia, Hindu Ecosystem, National Institute of Mass Communication and Journalism Ahmedabad India, Vidya Bharti Alumni Association, Bharat Vichar Manch, Vedic Tree Foundation of Houston, USA, and World Hindu Federation. Our media partners are Sudarshan TV, The Jaipur Dialogues, Creately Media, Prunical India, Sangam Talks, Panchjan, 
ओटीटी इंडिया हिंदू इकोसिस्टम माइंड मेकर्स जैम्बू टॉक्स इंडिक विचार स्मार्ट व स्मार्ट इज ए ग्रुप ऑफ मोर देन सेवेंटी प्लेटफॉर्म्स एंड सत्य परख भारत we sincerely thank all our supporting organizations and media partners well with these words i once again welcome you all to this great hindutva for global good conference 2021 and i wish you well thank you all and namaste विल स्टार्ट माई स्पीच विथ गुरु वंदना अज्ञानतिमिराधस्ञानाजनशलाकया नमस्ते टू ऑल द इंटेलेक्चुअल स्टार्स ऑफ द गैलेक्सी प्रेजेंट ऑन दिस प्लेटफॉर्म आई एम प्रोफेसर सुजाता त्रिपाठी फ्रॉम श्री लाल बहादुर शास्त्री नेशनल संस्कृत यूनिवर्सिटी न्यू दिल्ली इंडिया एंड आई एम गोइंग टू टॉक अबाउट हिंदुइजम एंड हिंदुत्व हिंदुइजम and hindutva are the two different words which are very easy to pronounce but at the same time complicated to understand the question about relationship or difference between hinduism as a religion and hindutva as a political ideology has come to the fore because the word hindu is common to both the word hindut is morphologically of sanskrit but was never used in that language by anyone it is very modern sanskritized neologism formed by suffixing tva to describe hinduness or the quality of being a hindu as we all know that hindut was first proposed as a political idea in 1923 by vinayak damodar savarkar according to savarkar hindus are those who consider india to be the land in which their ancestors lived as well as the land in which their religion originated which land we are talking about there is a verse in kularav tantra himalayam samarambhe yavad hindu sarovaram tadev nirmitam desham hindustanam prachakshate similarly there is a verse a sindhu sindhu parayant yasya bharat bhumika pitribhu punya bhushchay savai hindu riti smritaha this means 
the land from the Sindhu River, that is Indus River, till Sindhu Sea, that is Indian Oceans, is Bharat. And the person who believes this land as his mother is Hindu. When we talk about this political ideology, it was coined at the time when we were fighting against British rulers for our land. Savarkar was imprisoned between 1911 and 1924 for anti-British revolutionary activities. In 1923, while still in prison, Savarkar published the book that came to be the main ideological text of Hindu nationalism, Hindutva. And through this publication, he popularized the term Hindutva as a national identity. The irony is that since then, till today, we are fighting to prove our identity. Circumstances are different though. All countries construct a national identity virtually. And what the word Hindutva insists that this identity must come with an acceptance of religious culture, that is Hinduism. When we talk about Hinduism, it is the coming together of thousands of thought processes which have taken millennia to form. We can say that Hinduism is in a, many ways is like a huge conglomerate rock which is bound together by the elements of a common philosophy, heritage and culture. Or it is like a huge banyan tree with thousands of branches and twigs. The stem of this tree lies in the Vedas. The Vedas, meaning knowledge, are the oldest Vedic Sanskrit text of Hinduism and they are the only exponent of the universal religion. It is equally difficult to ascertain the age of the Vedic religion because repeated and numerous invasions have destroyed many parts of the Hindu scriptures as well as the historical material which could have convinced modern critics. Critics identify the time of Vyas, who collected the amorphous Vedas into four divisions, that is Rig Veda, Yajur Veda, Sam Veda, and Athar Veda. But Vyas was not the author of the Vedas, and in their origin, the Vedas were not recorded into writing. The Vedas represent a vast mass of learning, which was handed down in the form of oral teaching of various sages called rishis to their disciples. That is why when we read Vedas, we come across the word Mantra Drashta Rishi, Rishi who saw the Mantra. He, the Vedas were followed by the great epics Ramayana and Mahabharata. Maharishi Vedavyas is known to be the author of the Mahabharata as well as Puranas. To some generation preceding Vyas, Manu, the author of Manu Sangeeta, in his book mentioned the Vedas. Thus, we can say that the Vedic age would be at least in the third millennium before Christ so that the age of Hindu religion in a modest computation would be no less than 5,000 years today. The foundation of Hinduism is universal and impersonal because it is not man-made, but revealed from the creator himself who alone constitutes the ultimate truth. And if one asks for the existence of the creator, then my dear friends, if creation is quite visible, then the creator must be there. It is not possible to see the gods with our limited sense organs because he is the object only of a transcendental vision. The Hindu rishis were gifted with such transcendental vision. They saw God as we see physical objects and proclaim, I have seen the almighty affluent as the sun behind this veil of darkness. Knowing him alone, death can be overcome. This is from Shwetashwara Upanishad. Many scholars define Hinduism as a way of life and not essentially a religion. Hinduism has no particular creed or cult. It embodies 
as collective experience of universal principles, the principles of truth and spiritual law. Actually, Hinduism doesn't um, uh, Hinduism does not denote any dogma, dogma like other faiths, but refers to a belief in a certain fundamental principles of truth evolved by explorers in the transcendental world of spiritualism. In the Bhishparma of the great epic Mahabharata, the divine song of Lord Krishna occurs in the form of the holy book Srimad Bhagavad Gita, which is treasure house of dharma, the duty, not only for Hindus, but for all mankind. On September 11, 1893 in Chicago, Swami Vivekanand, a saffron-clad Hindu monk from India, delivered a speech at the Parliament religion on the platform, where he said, Hinduism is the religion which has taught the world both tolerance and universal acceptance. We believe not only in universal tolerations, but we accept all religions as true. 128 years later, on September 10 to 12, 2021, People from across the globe joined together to condemn the same Hinduism. From the platforms of the dismantling global Hindutva conference, Hinduism, which is even declared by Supreme Court of India that it is a way of life, I wonder how it can be a threat to any creature in this world. It would be, have been appreciable, friends, if they would have named that conference dismantling global terrorism. Outsiders have tried to make sense of Hindu religion of the world but Hindu from their predisposed lenses. Hindu scholars have done their fair part as well, from Swami Vivekanand to Sri Aurobindo and from M.K. Gandhi to Vidhi Savarkar, they have contributed to our understanding of Hinduism. However, political ideology and vote bank policies immensely misunderstand Hindutva. They consider it static and as a hegemony. But the fact is that there is nothing compelling about this religion. This religion supports many gods and avatars. Even uh, we worship cow, tree, sun, moon, nature, whatever is the cause of our survival. We are not the blind believers, but this is our gratitude towards the creator, the supreme almighty. Social customs are the glue binding Hindus. Hindu speaks over 25 languages and over 800 dialects, and yet they are free to think differently. This is the real Hindutva. Misconception of uh, Brahminical Hinduism is only the result of poor politics. If one reads texts and scriptures of the religion, it will compel you to think in broader way. Hinduism preaches that anybody, irrespective of caste or birth or even of his past misdeeds, may acquire the divine grace and peace ere long and while alive by means of unflinching devotion and surrender to God. This is clearly explained in the ninth chapter of uh, ninth chapter 29th verse of Sri Bhagavad Gita. Samoham Sarvabhuteshu. I am in all beings. To me, there is none hateful nor dear, but those who worship me with devotion are in me, and I too am in them. Similarly, in the same chapter, there is another verse. Maam hi parth vyapashritye yepi siu papi yonaya istriyo vaishyas tata shudrastepi yantim paramgatim. Those who are born out of the womb of sin. Sin, according to Vedanta here, is a wrong tendency in the mind, unhealthy thought, and negative living. Vaishya here means those who are with commercial attitude of the intellect. And shudra, shojati iti shudraha, those who are with general dullness and are indifferent towards their duties are called shudra. Even, the, even they attain the supreme goal through devotions. 
it is necessary not only for all hindus but for all human beings to know a very ancient language sanskrit there are countless sanskrit scholars and researchers who can give correct interpretation to even a single word which can have different connotation depending on the context of the subject through this we all can get rid of misinterpretations of our scriptures and thoughts above all the indian constitution enshrines secularism in its preamble rights and legal status of minorities in india are quite visible article 21 of the constitution of india is the uh, for the protection of life and personal liberty and all the articles in indian constitutions are not meant specifically for hindus but for all the people who are living on this motherland india so on the basis of my own understanding of hinduism and hindutva my perception of the hindu society and the result of my search for factual information i tend to believe that hinduism and hindutva represent humanism with the theory of atma karma and moksha a hindu believes that the identical goal of all religions whatever be their forms is the realization of that supreme being the divine being exists in unseen worlds and the temples rituals sacraments devotions and guru create communion between the individual and the supreme beings devam bhutva devam yajet says vedas the goal of the hinduism is not merely personal salvation but welfare of service of the entire creation chanting of om keeping the shikha applying tilak ringing the bell while worshiping all these rituals are highly scientific they activate the chakras in the human body one absorbs all the positive energies which are sufficient enough to activate all the sense organs and it helps to heal our mind body and soul anyone who follows all these practices practices gets benefited so my dear friends hindutva uh, surely is the essence of hinduism and it is not only for global good but for global excellence our nation is the result of the struggles and great sacrifices of me, uh, many brave hearts let's uh, uh, let us honor them and give tribute to them by working hard for the development of our motherland and pledge to protect the peace and unity of our great nation finally i would like to envelop my speech with the vedic peace mantra shanti mantra om purnamidah purnamidam purnat purnam udichyate purnasya purnamadaye purnameva avashishyate om shanti 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 dhanyavad can i begin can i begin uh a very very good morning from india uh the 
the chairman of this session, the distinguished panelists and the participants of this con in this conference. I thank the organizer for giving me this opportunity. I have deliberately chosen this topic because a lot of fail, a lot of pejorative abuses have been thrown against the whole, the, the very idea of Hindu nationalism. The discourse narratives have deliberately made it to show to the world as if Hindu nationalism is a destructive ideology. It will destroy India. It is an intolerant ideology. So the whole purpose of uh, my lecture is to understand Is it true? Is it true that the Hindutva is a divisive ideology? Is it true that Hindu nationalism is something which talks about a divisive ideology at all? Most of you must have heard in the public discourse that RSS wants to create a Hindu Rashtra. And I challenge my friends in academic fraternity who have written books, articles, and they're always a flag of their scholarship and their expertise on Hindu nationalism that show me any line even a single line, whether it is a resolution of the RSS or whether it is a, any speech of senior members in the RSS, which suggests that the RSS wants to convert India into a Hindu nation. No. The matter of fact is that RSS position is that India is a Hindu nation. So this brings us to understand what actually the Hindu nationalists suggest. What are the core principles of Hindu nationalism? Let me, let me suggest that the Contributors to the idea of Hindu nationalism do not form a homogeneous group. Here you have a Gandhi who is talking against the cow slaughter, against the religious conversion, who is talking about uh, India as a civilizational entity, a spiritual entity. Then also there is Dayanand Saraswati who is not believing in the, you know, the images of the gods. You have Savarkar 
you have Golwalkar, you have Dindyalupadhyay, you have Arvindo, you have Bankim, you have Vivekananda. So there is a whole tradition. But yet there are some common denominators. There are certain fundamentals between academics say that minimum where almost all of them converge. So let me outline certain principles and then I will leave it for the viewers that is it to judge whether it is a divisive ideology or it is not a divisive ideology. So what are the core principles? The first is that India is an ancient nation. It has three components. That the people of this land has the conception of territoriality. Second, that they had the conception of togetherness and attachment. Third, they, had, they, they, they understood that it is in one entity, not one entity in the modern political terms, but certainly in a geo-spiritual and a geo-cultural terms. Both this territoriality and geography got reflected in the Rig Veda, Atharva Veda, Mata Bhumi Putro Aham Pratabhya, Yashame Himamanto Mahitva Yashya Shamudram Rasayashyaho. This is the Rig Veda. Prithvi of the Atharva Veda. And Diganikai of Mahagovinda Sutta, they all are talking about the geographical territoriality of this nation. Diganitaya says that it is in a shape of a bullock cart, rectangular in the north to conical in the south. 45th Estanja of Prithvi Sutta says that the people speak here different languages and dialects form different sets of behavior, but this motherland feed them all. Vayu Puran, Matasya Puran, Vishnu Puran, they all are mentioning the term Bharat Varsha. So the conception evolved in the Rig Veda and with the time it is getting consolidated and when you come to Mahabharat and you when you Go to Bhishma pub, name any Janpat, name any, any mountain, any river, big plateau, which is not being talked about. So the modernist definition of that, whether a nation is a modern entity or is an ancient entity, there is a debate in a scholarship. And they say that, how how nation the idea of nation could be possible in the ancient time where people didn't use to meet but here is the one when you find that it is mentioned in vishnu puran 
here is one which talks about Arthasastra, the geography of India. There are several texts which are talking about it. Gangecha, Jamune, Chaiva, Godavari, Sharashwati, Narmade, Shindu, Kaveri, Jale, Shvin, Shannidikuru. This was common to both the south and north of India. Let me conclude this point. That is why Gandhi said that if British could have one empire, this is what Gandhi is writing in Hind Swaraj in 1909. That if the British could have one empire, it was all because India was one nation. Gandhi is again reinforcing the idea. Our forefathers were not fools that they created pilgrimages, they created mathas. They knew it very well that they can worship God even at home. But why did they create? They were the they were the our the cultural boundaries. This is the argument which Gandhi is making in support of India as an ancient nation. You read Discovery of India. Even Pandit Jawaharlal Nehru is saying that our nation is it India is a it is an ancient nation. So if RSS or any Hindu nationalist is arguing, it is very simple. In every nationalist narrative, you will be finding that, you know, I talk about my mother. My mother is the most beautiful. My mother is the most, most rational. So glorification is one part, but at the same time, you, you look back to antiquity. Here, what we are saying that it is an ancient land. It is an ancient nation. The second point is what Hindu nationalists say that India is a chosen land. It is a chosen land with a divine mission. So what is that? The chosen land concept is not the one which is talked about in India also. Even, even the German philosophers have talked about Majani has talked about. So what is that? So this land has a specific purpose. The God has created this land. It is a divine land. This is the land of spirituality. So, so Golvalkar said that in, in rest of part of the world, the way messengers of God came, descended down. Here is the one, this is the Autar Bhumi. So this is this 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 is a land of salvation. This is a land of emancipation, liberation. And therefore, the mission of India. The mission of India is not just the spiritual, the material prosperity. Gandhi even didn't believe it. But if you go for that, it is a civilization of Satan. What is important for India? 
our civilizing mission is the spirituality. That is why Vivekananda is saying, Jitna West ne material science mein progress kiya hai, utna humne spiritual science mein progress kiya hai. And third point, that India is a Hindu nation. So there are I, 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 I call it a personality theory of nation. What makes it, what, what makes you unique? What make you distinct from the others? You all have nose, we all have eyes, we all have ears. But every one of you, I, I differ from my younger brother. I have my own personality. And my personality is distinguished by the dominant character that is within me. Even a compound, the dominant radical, there are positive radicals, there are negative radicals. When they combine together, there is a creation of compound. But the dominant element decides the character of the compound. So what is the dominant element? Remove Hindutva. Remove Hinduism. India will be no more India. Hinduism is its identity. Bharat ka man Hindu hai. Bharat ki vyaptitva Hindu hai. Bharat ka chaitanya Hindu hai. Bharat Hindu ke bagar Bharat ka astitva nahi hai. Second point is, when we say that it is a Hindu nation, then the second element of this is that this is the land of our forefathers. The theory of entitlement. This land belongs to us. This is the land of our forefathers. So it rejects the whole Aryan invasion theory. That we came from outside, we pushed the Dravidians towards the south, we conquered them and pushed them towards the south. No. It is the land of our forefathers, Dravidian. There is no Aryan invasion theory. We are one. The element of indigeneity. Because remember, the British Prime Minister Italy had declared it in the British Parliament that we have to we have the right to stay in India as much as the Hindus have and the Muslims have. Because the both were the conquerors. Look at Marx, how he is defining India. India doesn't have a history. India, if at all India has a history, it, it has a history of conquerors. So the Hindu nationalists are countering this argument that no, we are ancient civilization. It is a Hindu civilization. Another element of this is that the religion that the that 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 the, our forefathers practiced was Sanatan Dharma, which came to be known as for outsider Hindu, and then we accepted it. The culture and the civilization that evolved was driven and influenced by the Sanatan Dharma, and therefore. 
Hindu dharma, Hindu culture, and Hindu civilization become synonym terms. There should be no confusion because the dominant element of spirituality and religion of Sanatan Dharma has basically guided, shaped, and nurtured our life philosophy, our culture, our civilization. Then another part is of this idea is that a Hindu philosophy is one who celebrates diversity. It is not a homogenizing. It is not a hegemonic religion. It doesn't destroy the diversity. Ekam sad vipra bahuda vadanti. But does Islam talk about? Does Christianity talk about? Does Semitic, do Semitic religions talk about all these things? No. So that is the whole thing. We don't talk about the Mano Jivan. We talk about the Lok Jivan. So that's why in the Bhagavad Gita says, Hum, hum pahado mein ye hai. We had the whole organic cosmic life integrated with each other. So diversity is not that militates against the Hindu philosophy at all. The, another point of the Hindu nationalism is that the protection, this diversity is just the manifestation of unity. It is not unity out of diversity. It is the diversity out of unity. There is a seed that grows into trees. They have roots. They have stems. They have leaves. They have fruits. But the same, the same, the same, same energy pocket runs through. And that is why Gandhi is saying the outer manifestations of diversity, there is an inner inner thread that binds India together. And what is that? Dharasa says that Hindu culture. Hindu culture. Next point, which RSS says that the protection of Hindu culture and Hindu civilization is must. This is what Hedgawar is talking about in 1930. How it is possible? This protection is possible only when the numerical dominance of Hindu continues. So what Vivekananda is saying? That even, even one individual going out of Hindu pale is not only reduction of one Hindu, but addition of one more enemy to the Hindu society. Remember, I am quoting Vivekananda. Anybody can Google it out. So, the whole discourse during the freedom struggle between Gandhi and Jinnah was whether there is a change in the nationality after change in the religion. Gandhi was saying that no. There is no change in, but we realize 
that the people who changed the religion were the one who were talking about the separation of this partition of this country, vivisection of this country. So the change in religion changes the whole outlook. Your images, your icons, your idioms. That is why Savarkar is saying that the de-Hindualization is the denationalization of the nation. That is why RSS is saying that jaha jaha Hindu kamjor hota hai, wo hissa balkanization ki jata hai. After there was a time when our territory used to touch the extreme of Iran, here in the, towards the Burma, but with the, with the conversion, after all, even Gandhi is accepting that 85% of the Muslims were the converted Hindus. But they were the one who started talking about that, no, we can't live together. So it is important to, it is important to secure the numerical dominance of Hindu until and unless we protect it. The fate of, if you don't, if you fail to protect it, that is, then the India will not remain India. Over the decades, the whole narrative will change. With the change in the demography, we have seen what has happened in West Bengal. We have seen what is happening in the Western Uttar Pradesh. We have seen in what is happening in what happened in Kashmir. So tomorrow it will not happen in Assam or tomorrow it will not happen in other parts of the country. It is not sure. That is why. And remember, we are pitted against two homogenizing and hegemonic traditions, religious traditions, who sought, who did their best to convert India, but they failed. And now they are in a minority. And importantly, their icons are in contest with the icons of Hinduism. So the contest in the history will continue to in, continue in India. Because for them, it is Akbar who is the great. For us, Rana Pratap is the great. For them, it may be Aurangzeb is the great, but for us, it is Shivaji who is the great. So it is a contest in the eye, contest in the eye, contest on contest in the history. Because this is the this is the historical, you know, framework we, in which we are living. That they were the ruler at, a, at, at one point of time. They destroyed our temples. They destroyed our icons. And now the Hindus have become a dominant force. So that leads to contest. But remember, Hinduism is not, Hindu nationalists never have said that India should be converted into a Hindu state. Because RSS always have been talking about that theocracy is alien to us. Never in the history of India we have 
any theocratic state except for one when the Siwaji Hindu Bhat Sahi. Never in the history of it. Because, because we, we, we never thought along this line. So if you look at the parameters that we are an ancient nation, we are a divine nation, we are a chosen nation, Vidhaya se dharma se sangrakshanam. Hum ishwariye vidhan ke anusar ishwariye karj ke liye hum spiritual mission par hum hai. This is the oldest, this is how, how Tagore is defining Indian nation. This is Tagore, this is how Tagore is defining about the mission of India. Vivekananda is talking about the same. Gandhi is talking about the same. Where is Hindutva or the Hindu nationalism divisive. It is, I would be saying, the violence is not the essence. It is a reaction in response to the intolerant ideologies and expansionist ideologies of political Islam and political Christianity. Jaise pani ka swabhav hota hai taral hona, Hindutva ka swabhav bhi taral hona hai. यदि वो मंकी कैप पहनता है तो जाड़े से बचाव के लिए पहनता है उसका स्वभाव वैसा नहीं है दिस इज ऑल दैट आई हैव टू से इन माय ब्रीफ आई थिंक आई हैव क्रॉस्ड 1 मिनट थैंक यू सो मच नमस्कार अगले 20 मिनट हम हिंदुत्व सत्य और भ्रांति पर चर्चा करेंगे सवाल यह है कि हिंदुत्व का ही दूसरा नाम सनातन दर्शन है और सनातन दर्शन में सब कुछ सत्य ही सत्य है सनातन का अर्थ ही यह होता है कि जो काल की कसौटी पर सदैव खरा उतरता हो फिर यह भ्रांति क्यों आई और कहां से आई तो विद्वान श्रोता एवं दर्शक जानते होंगे कि विगत एक हजार वर्षों से हम सतत संघर्ष में रहे हमने विदेशी विधर्मी आक्रांताओं का डटकर सामना किया यह एक मिथ्या कुप्रचार है कि हम एक हजार वर्ष से गुलाम रहे बल्कि सत्य यह है कि हम संघर्षरत रहे और देश के हर भूभाग में देश के हर प्रांत में जब जब हमें अवसर मिला हमने विदेशी विधर्मी आक्रांताओं को उखाड़ फेंका और हिंदू चिंतन हिंदू दर्शन हिंदू विचार को सदैव अपने हृदय में ऊंचा स्थान दिया भ्रांति जो वास्तव में उत्पन्न हुई है वह स्वतंत्रता प्राप्ति के बाद अधिक हुई है दुर्भाग्य से स्वतंत्रता प्राप्ति के बाद जिनके हाथों में सत्ता रही वे और वह एक परिवार विशेष रूप से अंग्रेजियत के रंग में बुरी तरह रंगा हुआ था उसकी जड़ें 
भारतीय नहीं रही और कोढ में खाज का काम किया वामपंथियों और क्षत्म धर्मनिरपेक्षतावादियों ने लगातार सुगर कोटेड तरीके से हमारी युवा पीढ़ी के रक्त में परकीय पर मुखापेक्षी चिंतन को उतारा गया उन्हें एक ही दिशा में सोचने के लिए अनुकूल अनुकूलित किया गया कंडीशन किया गया जिसका परिणाम यह है कि आज हमारी युवा पीढ़ी हिंदू चिंतन हिंदू विचार परंपरा हिंदू दर्शन अपने जीवन मूल्य अपने संस्कारों शत्रु मित्र के बोध सम्यक और संतुलित और सही इतिहास बोध से वंचित हैं कटे हुए जो कुछ जुड़े हुए हैं वे सभी अपने परिवारों से उन हिंदू संस्कारों को ग्रहण करते हैं परिवार हमारी सबसे बड़ी पूंजी और आधार है और दुर्भाग्य से परिवार पर भी उनका हमला जारी है हिंदुत्व सत्य एवं भ्रांति वास्तविकता एवं भ्रम इस विषय को यदि समझना है तो हम सत्य को जान लें तो भ्रम अपने आप दूर हो जाएगा अज्ञान ही भ्रम का कारण और ज्ञान ही भ्रम का निवारण है तो हम पहले यह समझ लें कि हिंदुत्व क्या है हिंदुत्व की वैश्विक अवधारणा क्या है हिंदुत्व की विचार परंपरा क्या है तो बहुत सरल शब्दों में हम यह जाने कि सदियों की तपस्या और अनुभव से हमने एक ऐसी जीवन पद्धति विकसित की जिसमें विचारों की स्वतंत्रता रही पूजा पद्धति की विभिन्नता रहते हुए भी अपने अपने ढंग से ईश्वर को मानने की संकल्पना रही उस चिंतन का नाम हिंदुत्व है हिंदुत्व के चिंतन में हिंदुत्व की ऋषि परंपरा में हिंदुत्व की विचार परंपरा में मनुष्य का जितना समग्र और सर्वतोमुखी चिंतन हुआ उतना कहीं नहीं हुआ हम में से अधिकांश विद्वान जानते हैं कि बाइबिल ने और अगर ओल्ड टेस्टामेंट आप पढ़ें और मनुष्य की उत्पत्ति की कहानी पढ़ें तो बाइबिल ने घोषणा की कि मनुष्य पाप की उपज है जो आज हमें वैज्ञानिक चिंतन की सीख देते हैं उन्हें एक बार विचार करना चाहिए कि मनुष्य की उत्पत्ति के उनके निष्कर्ष में कैसी असंगतता है हम नहीं मानते कि मनुष्य पाप की उपज है पर बाइबल कहता है कि मैन इज बॉर्न आउट ऑफ सिंह हम तो मनुष्य को ईश्वर का अंश मानते हैं हम तो आत्मवत सर्वभूतेशों की धारणा को सत्य मानते हैं हम तो सर्वम खलविदम ब्रह्म को मानते हैं हम तो मानते हैं कि आत्मा निराकार निर्विकार निरहंकार अनादि और अनंत है हम परमात्मा को भी ऐसे ही व्याख्यात करते हैं कि परमात्मा 
निराकार निर्विकार निरहंकार अनादि और अनंत है चूंकि दो अनंत नहीं हो सकते इसलिए हम मानते हैं कि आत्मा और परमात्मा दोनों एक ही सत्ता के अलग अलग नाम है जो भेद है वो अज्ञान और अहंकार के कारण है हमने गणित का यह सूत्र पढ़ा होगा कि इन्फिनिटी प्लस इन्फिनिटी इज इन्फिनिटी इन्फिनिटी माइनस इन्फिनिटी इज इन्फिनिटी और इन्फिनिटी को हम अगर डिवाइड करें इन्फिनिटी से तो इन्फिनिटी होगा इन्फिनिटी को अगर हम मल्टीप्लाई करें इन्फिनिटी से तो इन्फिनिटी होगा चूंकि दो अनंत नहीं हो सकते इसलिए दोनों एक है तो हमने नर को नारायण की ऊंचाई तक पहुंचाया है और ईसाइत के बाद यदि हम विस्तारवादी वर्चस्ववादी राजनीतिक चिंतन मजहबी चिंतन नहीं कर रहा क्योंकि हम में से हर एक को यह अपने मन मस्तिष्क में स्पष्ट रखना चाहिए कि मजहब रिलीजन और धर्म समान नहीं है अगर हम अनुवाद में चिंतन करेंगे तो त्रुटियां होंगी धर्म जो करणीय है उसे कहा गया धर्म जो धारण करने योग्य है उसे कहा गया धर्म जो कर्तव्य है उसे कहा गया और उस चिंतन को धर्म को उस अर्थ में केवल भारत ने ही समझा और दुनिया तक पहुंचाया वहीं दूसरी और मजहब और रिलीजन में तो एक ग्रंथ एक पंथ एक प्रतीक एक पैगंबर के अलावा किसी अन्य को मानने की स्वतंत्रता नहीं सारा चिंतन ईसाइत और इस्लाम में ईसाइत ने थोड़ा समय के साथ अपने को बदला इस्लाम में आज भी युग विशेष तक सिमट कर रह गया है उनका सारा चिंतन एक किताब में लिखी गई बात को सत्य प्रमाणित करने के लिए होता है उनके मौलवी आज भी व्याख्यान देते हैं कि पृथ्वी चपती है पृथ्वी नहीं घूमती सूर्य घूमता है बजावता लाइव व्याख्यान देते हैं तो मनुष्य का और धर्म का हमने जितनी गहराई से चिंतन किया दुनिया में किसी ने नहीं किया हमारे यहां पिता का धर्म पुत्र का धर्म पत्नी का धर्म पति का धर्म गुरु का धर्म शिष्य का धर्म राजा का धर्म प्रजा का धर्म इस रूप में धर्म का प्रयोग मिलता है यानी जो कुछ करणीय है व्यक्ति के लिए समाज राष्ट्र और सृष्टि के परिप्रेक्ष्य में उसे हमने धर्म कहा हमारे धर्म में कहीं भी क्षुद्रता और संकीर्णता नहीं है हमारा धर्म उपासना पद्धति और पूजा पद्धति तक सीमित नहीं है हम हर पूजा के बाद जो जयघोष करते हैं उसमें कहते हैं कि धर्म की जय हो हम ये नहीं कहते हिंदुओं की जय हो हम ये नहीं कहते भारत की जय हो अधर्म का नाश हो प्राणियों में सद्भावना हो विश्व का कल्याण हो कहीं क्षुद्रता संकीर्णता संकुचितता का लवलेश भी इसमें दिखाई देता है और चूंकि धर्म का इतना व्यापक चिंतन हुआ इसलिए भारत ने हिंदू धर्म ने हिंदुत्व ने सृष्टि के अणु रेणु में एक ही परम तत्व के दर्शन किए ईश्वर की सर्वव्यापकता का की घोषणा की हमने माना कि सृष्टि के कण कण में एक ही परम तत्व परम चेतना 
मौजूद है वही जो हम में है वही जो आप में और इसीलिए ईसाइत इस्लाम और पूरा पश्चिमी चिंतन यहां तक कि डार्विन न्यूटन रेने दिकारते या कार्ल मार्क्स तक विश्व को बांटने का काम करते रहे उन्होंने विखंडनवादी दृष्टिकोण से मनुष्य और जीवन का अध्ययन किया लेकिन हिंदुत्व ने हिंदू धर्म ने समग्रतावादी दृष्टिकोण से मनुष्य का इस संसार का इस ब्रह्मांड का चिंतन किया और सारे चिंतन में समन्वय की भावना प्रमुख रूप से मौजूद रही सारे चिंतन में व्यक्ति और समष्टि के बीच में क्या संबंध है इस पर बल रहा हमारे यहां व्यक्ति की यात्रा परिवार से समुदाय यानी बिरादरी से होते हुए समाज राष्ट्र सृष्टि और परमेष्टि तक जाती है हम उसी को मोक्ष कहते हैं ये जो संपूर्ण जगत है उसके साथ मनुष्य के अंत संबंध को ढूंढना और पा लेना यही हमारे लिए मोक्ष है हमने जो चार पुरुषार्थ निर्धारित किए उसमें हमने धर्म को आधार बनाया लेकिन अर्थ काम की उपेक्षा नहीं की हमारे यहां स्त्री पुरुष का मिलन पाप नहीं है हमारे यहां संतान संतानोत्पत्ति पाप नहीं है बल्कि हमने सृष्टि के विकास के लिए उसको एक आवश्यक दायित्व और कर्तव्य माना और इन सब तीन पुरुषार्थों के बाद ही अंतिम पुरुषार्थ मोक्ष की प्राप्ति की व्यवस्था हमने बनाई तो पूरा पश्चिमी चिंतन पूरा इस्लाम और ईसाइत प्रणीत चिंतन पांच बिंदुओं पर टिका हुआ मुख्य रूप से चार बिंदुओं पर पहला वह मानता है कि अस्तित्व के लिए संघर्ष है उन्होंने सर्वत्र संघर्ष देखा हमने संघर्ष नहीं देखा हमने सर्वत्र समन्वय देखा हमने माना कि अस्तित्व के लिए संघर्ष सत्य नहीं है उससे बड़ा सत्य समन्वय है व्यक्ति व्यक्ति का व्यक्ति समाज का व्यक्ति राष्ट्र का व्यक्ति विश्व का व्यक्ति ब्रह्मांड का एक समन्वय चाहिए मनुष्य का नदियों से पेड़ पौधों से जीव जंतुओं से समन्वय चाहिए और उसी समन्वय की भावना के कारण हम सांप में भी भगवान के दर्शन करते रहे हम अंधविश्वासी पिछड़े प्रतिगामी लोग नहीं थे हमको चित्रित किया गया चिन्हित किया गया समझाया गया कि हम सांप के आगे बीन बजाने वाले लोग हैं पेड़ों के इर्द गिर्द घूमने वाले लोग हैं पत्थरों नदियों की पूजा करने वाले लोग हैं लेकिन उसके पीछे का जो विज्ञान है उसके पीछे का जो चिंतन है उसे जानबूझकर साया षड्यंत्र पूर्वक कुचक्रों के द्वारा नई पीढ़ी को बताया नहीं गया आज आप इकोसिस्टम की बात करते हैं आज आप इको चेन की बात करते हैं आज आप प्रकृति के संतुलन के लिए सांपों के अस्तित्व की रक्षा की बात करते हैं आज कोई चैनल सेव टाइगर अभियान चलाता है तो बहुत बड़ा प्रकृति प्रेमी माना जाता है और हम गाय की पूजा करते हैं हम भगवान भोलेनाथ के बैल की नंदी की पूजा करते हैं तो हम पिछड़े हैं नहीं हम पिछड़े नहीं हैं 
नई पीढ़ी को बताने की आवश्यकता है कि हम जानते हैं कि मनुष्य के अस्तित्व के लिए प्रकृति में जितने भी जड़ और चेतन हैं सबका अस्तित्व आवश्यक है तो हम नहीं मानते कि अस्तित्व के लिए संघर्ष सबसे बड़ा सत्य है हम मानते हैं कि अस्तित्व के लिए समन्वय सबसे बड़ा सत्य है पश्चिम ने और ईसाइत और इस्लाम के चिंतन ने माना कि मानव जीवन में जो सर्वशक्तिशाली होगा उसी का अस्तित्व बनेगा सर्वाइवल ऑफ द फिटेस्ट की बात की हम मानते हैं कि सर्वाइवल ऑफ द फिटेस्ट ही नहीं सत्य है फिट तो रहना ही चाहिए स्वस्थ तो रहना ही चाहिए शरीर के स्वास्थ्य की भी हमने चिंता की हमने कहा शरीर माध्यम खरु धर्म साधनम लेकिन शक्तिशाली बनने की बजाय सारी शक्ति अपने लिए अर्जित करने की बजाय हिंदू चिंतन में वृद्धों का बुजुर्गों का कमजोरों का दिव्यांगों का वंचितों का सबसे पहले चिंतन किया गया है हमारी पूरी व्यवस्था जो सबसे अंतिम व्यक्ति है सबसे कमजोर व्यक्ति है सबसे दुर्बल व्यक्ति है सबसे वृद्ध व्यक्ति है उसके लिए है हमारे परिवारों में यह व्यवस्था हुई कि जो वृद्ध है और बच्चा है जो बिल्कुल अर्जित नहीं कर रहा है उसके लिए सबसे पहले भोजन की व्यवस्था होनी चाहिए उसके लिए सबसे पहले सुविधा की व्यवस्था होनी चाहिए मार्क्स कहता था कि कमाने वाला खाएगा खुद कमाना और खुद खाना यह तो प्रकृति है दूसरों का छीन कर खाना विकृति है और जो सबसे शक्तिशाली है परिवार का वो अर्जित करे और अर्जित करने के बाद परिवार का भरण पोषण करे वह त्याग करे ये व्यवस्था हमारे यहां है हमारे यहां जो सबसे अधिक कमाता है वो सबसे अधिक त्याग करता है परिवार का मुखिया सबसे अधिक त्याग करता है वृद्धों की सबसे पहले चिंता की जाती है बच्चों की सबसे पहले चिंता की जाती है तो हम नहीं मानते कि सर्वाइवल ऑफ द फिटेस्ट सर्वशक्तिशाली का अस्तित्व ही अक्षुण रहेगा और एक्सप्लाइटेशन ऑफ नेचर पूरा पश्चिम के चिंतन ने ईसाइत की के सिद्धांत ने कि यह संपूर्ण दुनिया गॉड ने तुम्हारे लिए बनाई है उनके गॉड या उनके अल्लाह आसमान पर रहते हैं धरती पर आते ही नहीं वह उनका गॉड और अल्लाह हमारे ईश्वर से भिन्न है बाइबल ने कहा कि ये पूरी दुनिया तुम्हारे लिए इसका उपभोग करो और उसके कारण से इतना अंधा धुंध शोषण हुआ प्रकृति का कि हम उसकी कल्पना नहीं कर सकते आज पूरा विश्व पर्यावरण संबंधी चिंताओं से गुजर रहा है आज पूरा विश्व संकट के मुहाने पर आकर खड़ा हो गया है उस चिंतन के कारण जिसमें उन्होंने उपभोग को ही सर्वोपरि माना मनुष्य को सबसे शक्तिशाली माना मनुष्य को ब्रह्मांड का प्रकृति का अंग नहीं मानते हुए पूरक नहीं मानते हुए उसका हिस्सा नहीं मानते हुए उसे स्वामी के रूप में चित्रित किया जबकि हमने प्रकृति को मां के रूप में देखा हम नहीं मानते कि प्रकृति का शोषण केवल अपने लिए कर लें इस चिंतन को ही हम गलत मानते एक्सप्लाइटेशन ऑफ द नेचर हमारी सोच में नहीं था हम जब आत्मकेंद्रित हुए पश्चिम आधारित स्वार्थ हमारे जीवन पर हावी हुआ उसके बाद प्रकृति का शोषण हमारे यहां प्रारंभ हुआ आज भी हम कहते हैं कि प्रकृति मां है और मां का स्तनपान मां का दूध बच्चा उतना ही ग्रहण करता है जितना उसकी भूख के लिए उतनी उसकी आवश्यकता के लिए आवश्यक है वह यह नहीं चाहता कि सबके हिस्से का खुद खा ले आज पूरी दुनिया में जो विकसित देश ज्ञान दे रहे हैं पर्यावरण को लेकर के या सृष्टि के जो संसाधन है उसके उपभोग को लेकर के 
वे एक बार अपने गिरेवान में झांक कर देखें कि विश्व के संसाधनों का प्राकृतिक संसाधनों का वे कैसा अंधाधुंध शोषण कर रहे नदी पर्वत पेड़ पौधे सब में हमने ईश्वर के दर्शन की और इंडिविजुअल राइट्स पूरा पश्चिम इंडिविजुअल राइट्स की बात करता है जो विकसित अवस्था में ईसाइत और इस्लाम से आगे हम नहीं मानते कि मनुष्य इंडिविजुअल है बल्कि हम यह मानते हैं कि मनुष्य इस विश्व ब्रह्मांड से अंगांगी भाव से जुड़ा हुआ है और इस एकता को अनुभूत करना ही हिंदुत्व के चिंतन का सार है मैं समझता हूं कि हिंदुत्व की भ्रांतियों को हम तभी दूर कर पाएंगे जब हम हिंदुत्व के वास्तविक दर्शन को समझेंगे धन्यवाद sorry sorry i the chat was on my top i couldn't see the mic is off i'm starting again extremely sorry namaskar everybody namaskar the global hindus namaskar the people who are listening to this talk it's a wonderful initiative my topic is hindutva for world peace and environment as we all know indians are present in over 100 countries today or we may say that they are present in nearly every country they get assimilated into the society where they migrate and even where they are forced to migrate like case of fiji mauritius trinidad guyana etc no country can complain about lawlessness due to hindus or complain of they being drain on the on the society or the economy in fact they are an asset in every society they go this is the literal expression of vasudev kutumbakam that is world is one family hindus had spread around the world even in ancient times 
being dominant in trade. This is proven by ancient relics, most importantly, murtis and, and worshipped idols popping up around the world during excavations around the world, right from Americas to Middle East to Europe, Asia, all the places. Most importantly, we can still see the influence in places like China, Southeast Asia, and all the entire Southeast Asia and Japan. The, however, there are no documents that have been recovered which show that Hindus had destroyed any civilization or converted people by force. They are still remembered fondly with respect wherever they had reached, much different from the way erstwhile colonizers are being remembered, that is the essence of Hinduness. They respect every faith, every civilization. They assimilated or they get assimilated without giving up their uniqueness or asking others to give their uniqueness up. Hindus don't claim that uh, theirs is the only religion that is true and that, that only their God is supreme. They say mine is true and yours is true too. True too. They have inherited the Vedantic view, which many people have repeated that all truth, uh, all truth has many ways all lead to one. And this is why I say that we can only echo Swami Vivekanand what he spoke in Chicago many years back. It is strange that a community that has been forced the worst holocaust for centuries that saw millions perish whose killings were glorified by the invaders by piling up skulls like towers and measured by the kill, measured the killed ones with the weight of their sacred threads Jenev is painted negatively and those who wrought such miseries on them are glorified despite this noble inclusive democratic faith its pluralism there have been a sustained efforts to create hindophobia Hindus need to come out of the dark shadows created by the obsessed dismantlers. I think Hindu society punches far below its weight. It is high time Indians begin addressing world community at large. I have met Chinese, British, USA think tanks and consulate officials and many times I see that they are surprised at their lack of knowledge of Indian history and culture. When you tell them any information, give them information, they said we never knew it. Because the world libraries are full of anti-Hindu books, they are full of Hindu phobia, they are full of the books which actually wipe away the horrendous history and the glorious past of India both. In the last century, three dominant thoughts have been in conflict and brought destruction on the societies and nature. Imperialist colonist nations rode on the shoulders of church, justifying the brutal oppression of the indigenous people and slavery using the book. Different books, but all books being used to spread their imperialism and also oppress the local people. Only Hindus have never justified slavery, but even that was justified, these people of the book. They wrought indescribable destruction of the nature and the people. Islam, Christianity, communism, believing in only our way, have destroyed more lives and civilizations than even the natural catastrophe in their belief that they have a duty and a mission to convert others to their worldview. If, if you realize that only Hindus have no concept of non-believer or a kafir or a sinful, how they destroyed the civilizations to quote Swami Vivekanand from his Chicago address, sectarianism, bigotry and its horrible descendant, fanaticism, have been possessed, have possessed this beautiful earth. They have filled earth with violence drenched it with, often with human blood, destroyed civilizations and sent whole nations to despair. Had it not been those horrible demons 
human society would have been far more advanced than it is now. So this is how we have been, uh, the world has been exploited and put into a horrendous place by these people. The competing ideologies of capitalism and communism strove to prove material comfort to the society and in the process exploited the nature mercilessly in a way that today we are literally on the edge, the earth is literally on the edge. Climate change and ecological disasters have become more and more severe. They believe that only human beings matter, not other living beings or nature. Only difference between the two ideologies has been who owns the resources, individual or the state. None of them realize that man does not live by bread alone. In Hindu worldview, there is not just physical but spiritual dimension to human beings. They need to satiate their human, the spiritual hunger too. This is the integral view of human being and the society and this is what is required by the world today. The failure of these systems have led to decay in the institution of family. Not only families, actually destruction of families, not just decline. Annihilation of man-woman relationship in the name of individual freedom and huge number of children who are being raised by single parents or the state. The extreme form of uh, individualism, which talks only of self-satisfaction and self-rights, has to be replaced by the old Hindu dictum of family and society with sense of duty and dharma, which can only which is bound by the sense of dharma. Only that can lead to peace and that can lead to a better society, better family. Because if family is happy, the society is happy. If society is happy, the nation is happy. Today in West, more than 30% children are on antidepressants officially, legally, because of these problems. In the words of Professor R. Vedyanathan, in the West, families have been nationalized and industry and commerce have been privatized. At the end of it all, these efforts for super luxurious, hungry life, people are still not sure if they are indeed happy and, are pe and more people turn to East, to Hindu Dharma, to Buddha, to satiate their spiritual hunger and find purpose to life. None of the hundreds of peace accords have brought peace because for peace one needs to give and take, win some, lose some. Expansionism and colonialism has only changed the form, mentality is same, to corner the resources and to accumulate. Powerful nations, MNCs, IT giants need to concede that others can have a legitimate point of view and mindset. The people who wish to control the destiny of the nations need to accept that we all have right to peaceful life the way we are, not the way others want me or want you to be. And this is a big point that we let people be, we let people the way they want to live. This is where Hinduness or Hindu way of life is very important. We wish to prosper together, live together. What has India, that is Bharat, the longest living civilizations to offer, I summarize. There is one truth that wise ones describe in different ways. It is the only way to reduce conflicts. We need to celebrate the idea of Republic of Faiths, where diversity of thought and expression is respected and enjoyed. We can have harmony, but we cannot have uniformity. The effort to create a uniform civilization through the eyes of West has created havoc in the societies where they have gone. Does West know, West know that only Hindu Dharma has had no problem with LGBT and it did not treat them as criminals? That is the beauty of Hindu Dharma. We need to treat world as one family, not as one market, to be exploited by the powerful, 
refusal to part with ipr of the covid vaccine by the big mnc's vis-a-vis the way india offered to offered its source code offered its services to the world their well-wishers versus the readiness of india to share its typical example is the approach this is truly the reflection of vasudev kutumbakam our rishis never demanded to copyright they never kept a secret in fact they pass on the knowledge to the society to their to their successors that is how knowledge has been passed on in india for generations we don't hold back we don't hold back knowledge we share knowledge we need a health system that is preventive not prescriptive we prefer prescriptions for the sick and keep finding new drugs for the new diseases we need to strive for holistic health of mind and body that is yoga and ayurveda the science of life why india sees less mortality among the aged if you look at the covid situation today why india had the low mortality among the aged because families took care of the elders not old age homes because social organizations took upon themselves to fight pandemic and help each other not look upon the state or central governments institution of family is a blessing it's not a curse as left would have us believe it will be difficult for people in the west to imagine that more than 1 million people were on the roads to help the troubled victims whether they were sick whether they were unemployed due to lockdown their society the society itself continuously helped them it was not left to the governments to take care of the people this so this is the reason there are less traumas in post covid world there are less psychological issues because families took care kept families took to took care not just of the sick but also their mental health is health upanishad wisdom says ten tek ten bhunjita take only that which is sufficient for your requirements do not accumulate more than required as it is undesirable jain sages called this qualities a parigraha in the world of mahatma gandhi mother earth has enough for our needs but not our greed it is noted by the observers that if every country wants the consumption levels of the citizens of usa it would take seven or eight earths to support such a consumption hindu approach of controlling your consumption is the prescription for overcoming our urge to acquire and accumulate at any cost next message is respect nature Hindus don't defy nature and animals because they are superstitious. They do it to instill respect for those elements of nature that help us live our lives. If biodiversity thrives, we can live. If nature survives, we can survive. The Western idea of conquering the nature is very shallow idea. We need to respect the nature and work with the nature. We have been we have seen enough in the last 2 years to understand how simple wink of the nature leaves entire civilization out to conquer nature leaves it in tatters hindus are the only people who have shanti mantra or prayer for peace which wishes peace not just for human beings the two leg but also for the four leg for the creatures and the plants and the nature here lies the secret of saving the planet and us lastly west needs to follow the idea of karma you are responsible for the consequences of karma your action you cannot exploit human beings you cannot kill human beings you cannot destroy nature and then expect something good to happen on the day of the judgment there is no day of the judgment day of the judgment is today and for that today we have to take care of our own actions we have to take responsibility of our own karma 
that is the principle you can't take the responsibility and expect almighty to save you from the consequences we need to own up our actions and their consequences there is more to india than the caste system that is thrown upon us we need to work hard to share the beauty of uh, the hindu's culture traditions and knowledge systems which is not just mysticism but hard science my topic is not to the prosperity of india the way it, uh, it uh, shared the prosperity with the world so i am not talking about that i am told that you are better heard in the west if you play victimhood card but i don't believe so my view is that hindus need to assert themselves by sharing their strength and also talk about true history of the achievements as well as persecution not play victim card i hope our global hindu brethren can spread this message of holistic harmony and help world achieve peace and leave behind a better environment that our future generation can enjoy dhanyawad namaskar i am chandan upadhyay and my topic for today's conference is uh, hindutva good for global prosperity so if you look into hindutva and hinduism as such we uh, mostly derived our understanding from the scriptures and then one of a very important scripture is our isa upanishad and i'm going to quote the very first line of the isa upanishad where we say that isa vasimidam sarvam yatkinch jagatya jagat that means that the god is present everywhere in every entity from tiny molecule to you know that the vast universe whatsoever you can imagine it so uh, in in hindi it means that this basva gati mein is atyant gatisil samasti samaj mein jo bhi drishyaman gatisil jagat hai wo ishwar ke liye uplabdh hai ishwar wahan vas karta hai now imagine a situation when you started looking into you know the world from this point of view that whatsoever i am looking into there is a place for god in that and the moment you started you know realizing it that the god is around me or uh, in in every entity so uh, think about you know how how your perception will change so it's such it's, it's such a beautiful concept okay Uh, it immediately leads to an universality the universality in time universality in in place universality in space irrespective of you know uh, uh, whatsoever your uh, place is whatsoever your you know age is whatsoever your religion is whatsoever your race is uh, it, it become invariant and then uh this universality is actually the very core and thrust of the the hinduism okay so in case of uh, this hindu philosophy and the guiding principle for the hindu philosophy that means that uh, this is a universal philosophy it's not that you uh, something to be a place specific it's not india specific or so so uh, this this we must understand and uh, one need not to be in you know uh, 
born in a Hindu family or you need not to be born in, in India that uh, to, to follow Hinduism. So that, that's one message uh, we have to, to understand that the, our very core philosophy of uh, Hinduism are the Sanatan Dharma, they, they both are not the same, uh, is universality. Okay. That's the point number one. And then uh, the Hindutva, which is, I think, is the most abused word in, in current uh, situation. It happens because of, you know, how we are interpreting it. The problem starts when we started, you know, looking into the meaning of Hindutva from the point of view uh, of the Western's definitions. And I, I find it very ironical that a word which is very core to Sanskrit has been interpreted by Oxford in a, in a very different way. So the very first thing we should be doing is to discard the, the definition which is being propagated by the English dictionaries. One can take a simple example, let's say. Take uh, Dev and Devatva. I mean, many of you might be uh, following a bit of Hindi. So what, what it actually means, Arse Manusya and Manusattva. Okay. So when we look into these two, that simply means that, you know, being in the state of. So, I mean, Dev and Devatva. When we say Devatva, that means that being in the state of uh, a divine. When we say Manusattva, that means that being in the state of a human being. So simply the Hindutva means that being in the state of a Hindu. And then we have realized that, you know, the what the Hindu philosophy is. So the, the first thing we, we have to clear about is uh, we have to, you know, discard the English definition which has been imposed on us from last 45, 45, 50 years or so. Go for the proper uh, the definition that and adopt it and that, you know, that being Hindu, Hindu means that we are in the state of a Hindu. That's, that's one message, the another message which we have to, you know, uh, we have to uh, take it from the, the meaning of the Hindutva. So uh, now coming to the, the topic of the, uh, this uh, seminar, which I have selected is, that uh, when we take Hindutva as, 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 as our guiding principle uh, or as our core philosophy, okay, we uh, follow it or anyone who, who take it, we, the person follow it by Mansa, Vacha and Karmana. It's, uh, it's not only that you just read the definition, uh, you, you know, just learn about it. Uh, you just adopt it in your life, not only through your, you know, the acts, but your thinking processes uh, also guided by the very core of the Hindu philosophy. Your actions are also uh, guided by the very core of this philosophy. So uh, that's the another point uh, which we, we have to take it. And then the moment we are looking into uh, this word from the Hindutva philosophy, it immediately leads to a, a few properties. For example, adoptability. 
the moment you started seeing you know every individual being is a, a place where the god resides you started accepting the person that that's the very beautiful concept of the hinduism the second quality which hinduism impart is you know the inclusiveness uh, it doesn't differentiate it doesn't say that okay you are following jesus or you are following somebody else or you are following this or that or you are following the whole abrahamic religion the hinduism doesn't discard it so uh, that's the inclusiveness is there yes of course we have to protect our you have to protect our or we have to protect our interests but the discardness doesn't come so the inclusiveness is very much uh, is the second very uh, key point the third is the harmony you never find it uh, a hindu in in conflict with either within or with the outside world okay whereas if you look into the concepts uh, of the western religion or western belief systems you find that that originate uh, the, the origin itself is is from the struggle as uh, it has been uh, elaborated by uh, a previous speaker uh, that it it goes into you know that the struggle is down there and then what happened uh, that the harmony can be you know the imparted in then uh, another very important point uh, which hinduism or hindutva impart is spiritual democracy okay. even in case of a hinduism uh, or hindu belief system we find that there are uh, several pant that you are free to pursue the god in in whatsoever way possible it's it's no restriction is there it's not that you have to follow a single book or you have to follow uh, this scripture you have to follow uh, uh, that particular deity to follow this particular philosophy okay even in case of a hindu uh, philosophy people are free to choose their own way their people are free to express uh, themselves in their own way and Uh, yeah that's it uh, so what we we find it there are you know uh, four key points adaptability inclusiveness harmony and spiritual democracy these are the key features of the hindutva foundation so that's the another point in other you know uh, philosophies when we when they look into the hindu philosophy or hindu hindu core uh, element uh, what troubles uh, the other philosophies is uh, when uh, spirituality and prosperity going together in hinduism okay that's a, that's a concept which is alien to to the westerners and uh, when they look into the the hindu uh, philosophy it, it's very much possible to be spiritual and prosperous at the same time and why this conflicts come the conflicts comes because the concept of the, the prosperity uh, as conceived by the western philosophers is is quietly skewed actually uh, 
in in case of a western uh, philosophies the prosperity means that the more you can accumulate the more you can consume the more you uh, you know snatch it from other uh, you are more prosperous or so there's it's more about the wealth asceticization rather than you know something else whereas in case of the hindu philosophy uh what you find is uh, that it's more about the affluence okay affluence means that uh, let's try to understand what affluence means affluence means that uh, you have this feeling that i have more than sufficient what i need actually the moment you you started looking into your you know uh, surroundings or you are looking into your own uh, way of living and started uh, analyzing that do i have more than what i need okay and if you analyze it properly you will find that it's it's actually uh, you know uh, you, you you have much 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 uh, more than what is needed uh, for your very happy and you know luxurious life so accumulation is not going to help and uh, if uh, as uh, uh, professor Sar dr sarda has said uh, that if we adopt a western lifestyle uh, we will be probably needing six or eight earths to actually fulfill the need of the entire uh, human population uh, a single earth has been destroyed like anything uh, and then from where you will get you know the resources equivalent to uh, six to eight earths okay so the the asset accumulation and consumption uh, driving mindset is not going to help it's not going to help earth it's not going to help even human uh, humanity itself so we have to have a radical change in the in, in the mindset that the consumption and asceticization is not going to help so the prosperity about the concept of the prosperity has to be understood and that is that you you must learn and have this feeling that i have more than sufficient what is needed for me so uh, and there comes the you know the the conflicts uh, that the western world doesn't realize that the prosperity can be uh, taken up in in that way so coming to uh, and I, I don't blame them actually the the reason is that they have been trained uh, that way uh, that you are here to to consume it i mean this earth is for your enjoyment or so uh, that's what that's what the guiding principle is so uh, that has to go away and now uh, coming about the affluence of the the wealth uh, which uh, the hinduism defines hinduism doesn't say that you know you can have only wealth and therefore you should be affluent only the wealth so as far the prosperity is concerned there is of course affluence of wealth but then is mostly talk about affluence of knowledge okay so there is always a quest of acquiring knowledge as much as you you can there is uh, affluence of fame uh, that uh, you 
do your deeds in such a way that uh, you become famous uh, people respect and recognize you there is an affluence of a strength a strength doesn't mean that is strength to to punish someone or uh, kill someone it it has a very different notion affluence of beauty and finally the most important one is the affluence of the detachment it's only the hindu philosophy which talks about the affluence of the detachment in in its very core so in pursuit of you know uh, prosperity one just simply cannot pursue only wealth the pursuit of the prosperity should be all six strength wealth is uh, knowledge fame and beauty okay and top of that is is the detachment so uh, that's uh, that has to be taken care when we we talk about you know uh, the, the prosperity and why it is good for the global uh, why the, the the philosophy this this whole governing philosophy is good for globe uh, just think that you know uh, if we implement uh, the two contradicting philosophy uh, just imagine the situation where when we talk about affluence of detachment and in another scenario uh, we talk about affluence of you know wealth and accumulation of the assets uh, ask this question uh, yourself that which one is is going to survive which one is going to make you and uh, make and provide uh, a conducive environment for uh, humanity to survive can can we sustain if each and every individual is started you know accumulating as much as uh, he or she can uh, the answer is definitely no i mean there is no way that you know uh, through this the assetization or accumulation the the humanity is going to survive the only way uh, one can actually think about uh, doing the things in uh, you know uh, by looking for that detachment so uh, taking the second line again uh, uh, from the same uh, slope we can uh, say that the second line goes that uh, after the uh, you know प्लेटफॉर्म Namaste everybody I'm Sandeep Singh from Mumbai 
I thank the organizers for organizing Hindutva for Global Good Conference 2021 and giving me an opportunity to put forth my views. Gamandkar Prachandkar Gamandkar Prachandkar Tandavsa Yuddhkar Yuddhkar Bhayankar Rakt Girega Mati Taregi Pyas Bujegi Ho Rakt Girega Mati Taregi Pyas Bujegi Ho Dushman Katega Dharti Sajegi Hindustan Sajega Hindustu Sajega Ho Dushman Katega Dharti Sajegi Hindustan Sajega Hindutva Sajega Ho Hindutva hi Hamare Shish Kashingar He Hindutva hi Hamare Shish Kashingar He Gamandkar 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 On 25th September 2021 Times of India has called Dismantling Hindutva a Great War Cry before this, at the Dismantling Hindu Conference, similar thoughts were expressed. I like to tell the enemy that Hindus have picked up the gauntlet. A conference will be met with a better conference. A hate speech will be answered with a more powerful and better speech. I like to remind those behind the great war cry that an anti-Hindu article will be countered with a factual article and so on and so forth. And yes, if someone wants to move from theory to practical, Rest assured, he or she will be answered by a more brutal and ferocious practical. On the lines of legendary Gopal Pata, Birsa Munda, Udham Singh, Madanlal Dhingra, Chape Karbandu, Surya Sen, Dhiran Chinnamilai, Rani Chennamma, Jhansi Kirani, Kumar Singh, Bhagat Singh, Rajguru, Chandrasekhar Ajad, Anant Lakshman Kanare, Khudiram Bose, Praful Chaki, Satyendranath Bose, Kanai Lal Gatta, Vanchinta Ayyar, Krishnaji Gopal Karve, Bakuntha Shukla, Jai Rajguru, Bakshi Jagabandhu, and the list is endless. Ye Bhagavat ka saar hai ki yuddhahi to veer ka praman hai. Ye Bhagavat ka saar hai ki yuddhahi to veer ka praman hai. Kauravon ki bheer ho ya pandavon ka neer ho, jo lar saka vahi to mahan hai. Kauravon ki bheer ho ya pandavon ka neer ho, jo lar saka vahi to mahan hai. क्या जिंदगी है ठोकरों पे मार दो मौत अंत है नहीं तो मौत से भी क्यों डरे क्या जिंदगी है ठोकरों पे मार दो मौत अंत है नहीं तो मौत से भी क्यों डरे ये हिंदू कम्स फ्रॉम फाइव एलिमेंट्स दैट्स पंच तत्व एंड ही गोस बैक्स टू पंच तत्व एंड अगेन कम्स आउट ऑफ इट एंड दिस इज हिंदुत्व द पंच तत्वस आर अर्थ वाटर फायर एयर स्काई एंड स्पेस द फाउंडेशन ऑफ द एंटायर कॉस्मोस इज बेस्ड ऑन दिस फाइव एलिमेंट्स all the living and non-living entities of this world are composed of panchatattva or five elements. As long as panchatattva, that is five elements are there, cosmos is going to be there, Hindutva is going to be there. The Hindu dharma says that the cosmos itself undergoes an immense, indeed an infinite number of death and rebirths, something accepted by today's science too. Hindutva is eternal truth like cosmos. Hindutva can never be dismantled. Five senses, hearing, touch, sight, taste and smell is related to the five elements, earth, water, fire, air, sky and space. Puja offered by Hindus is sensuous. It makes full use of the senses, seeing, touching, smelling, tasting and hearing. One sees the image of the Bhagwan, one touches it with one's hand and one also touches the limbs of one's own body to establish the presence of various Bhagwans. One hears the sacred sound of the mantras, the ringing of bells, the pouring of water and milk. One smells the fragrance of the offering of dhya, the presentation of flowers. One tests the chanamrit and the bhog. 
on on this is puja in composing panchatattva and this is hindutva the hindu temple is a representation of the cosmos angkor wat is a miniature replica of the universe in stone and represents an earthly model of the cosmic world if i my memory serves me right adarni atal bihari bajpayee had put it beautifully when he said jab main khud ko bhartiya kehta hu to main pure vishva se jodta hu aur jab main khud ko hindu kehta hu to main pure brahmand se jodta hu in english when i say i am a bhartiya i get connected to the whole world but when i say i am a hindu i am connected to the cosmos every hindu is connected to cosmos this is hindutva dismantling hindutva means dismantling the cosmos undoubtedly only a fool hardy can make such statements but i am not surprised after all it is coming from a civilization which used to think that lamps grow on tree in bharat and cotton is produced from them they realized the truth only after coming to bharat there is the same civilization which used to think earth is flat punish scientists who said sun is stationary and earth revolves around it western civilization has a history of punishing its scientists this is the civilization which took hundreds of years to understand zero and integral calculus after learning it from bharat while the oldest inscription of zero anywhere in the world is found in a mandir in bharat do not forget that not only the artifacts in the museum of western world are stolen mostly from bharat but also most of the science in their laboratory has its origin in bharat how the church stole the art of making calendar from bharat is well documented in this background it will be unfair on the parts of hindus to think that the western civilization will understand an evolved concept called hindutva it will take them anywhere close to 1000 years at least to understand hindutva with this let's move to hinduism let me start with ism the first recorded uses of the suffix ism as a separate word in its own right was as recent as in 1680 with the suffix used for the first time in 1680 western civilization is trying to define the eternal dharma that is hindu this is the reason why i say they will need another 1000 years to understand hindutva in the united states of the mid 19th century the phrase the isms was used as a collective derogatory term to lump together the radical social reform movements of the time in 2004 the oxford english dictionary added two new draft definitions of ism to reference the relationship to word they convey injustice first forming nouns with the sense belief in the superiority of one over another as racism and the second forming nouns with the sense discrimination or prejudice against on the basis of as ageism bodyism etc ism is a negative not surprisingly the anti hindu want to define hindu dharma using ism hope hindu fans of secularism will wake up after learning this the greatness of hindu dharma is such that whoever comes in the context in the contact achieves salvation does not matter if it's a human being or a mere word sai baba of sirdi became hindu from muslim and achieved salvation while jesus christ is trying for more than a century jesus christ has got purana and other hindu prayers copy pasted in his name he has even asked his followers to follow the puja paddhati of hindus Sometimes Jesus Christ sits in the pose of Hindu saints, and sometimes dresses in saffron robe. Jesus Christ has even changed his residence in Bharat, and in many places, instead of church, he sits in a mandir, because he also knows that he will get salvation only if he is accepted in Hindu dharma. 
only time will tell if you'll get blessed by Hindu dharma or not. Now, Islam has taken backdoor into Hindu fold by suffixing itself with Hindu, and it will also achieve salvation. But before proceeding further, it's important to note that Western civilization has always tried to define Bharat and Hindu dharma with their own framework, using their own words and nomenclature, which they later used to divide and ridicule Hindus. Some of the prominent examples of the same are words like caste for Jati and Varna, or nomenclature like elephant god or monkey god for Bhagwan Ganesha and Bhagwan Hanuman respectively. They let these words and nomenclature spread roots in the literature, films, and through that in the psyche of masses, and then they unleash their ulterior motive in the society using these very words and nomenclature. Let me cite one example of how the change in nomenclature by British damaged the protein consumption of Hindus. When the British came to Bharat, they were incredibly rich cereals, millets being grown and consumed in Bharat. British didn't know the importance of cereals and millets. They used them to feed them to their birds, cattle and livestock. That is how our lentils were named chickpea, cow pea, pigeon pea. British saw them as inferior foods. They recognized only rice and wheat. The British classified our local cereals apart from wheat and rice, and it's a classification we accepted and used for decades, and I think even now in our government documents, as coarse cereals. These are ironically incredibly nutritious and sustainable cereals. This was the downgrading of Indian foods and species. We absorbed that and paid a heavy price. Hindus were told they must eat vegetarian, non-vegetarian food to increase their protein content. This was a shift from Hinduism, Hindutva to Hinduism. Chickpea or Bengal gram or chana dal is high in carbohydrates, protein and rich in calcium, iron and vitamin A, B and C. It survives today because of prasad that is laddu. Bundi ke laddu is made of chana dal, high in protein and low in fat. It's a healthy food. Chana dal survived because of our mandirs and puja padditi. And we Hindus could get our share of carbohydrates, protein, calcium, iron, vitamin A, B and C without killing other living beings. This is the power of Hindutva, Mandir, Puja and nomenclature too. <clears throat> West has given another world called globalization, which sees the world as a market. And what they have given to the world is obesity through their fast food. And if you look at Hindutva, Hindutva gave the word Vasudeva Kutumbakam, world is a family, not a market. And what did we give to the world? Yoga and Ayurveda. We made a healthy world. And that is the good to the global good of the Hindutva. In Western world, many words have been banned. In America, Dan Revich collected more than 20 sets of <coughs> guidance and guidelines produced by state departments of education, textbook, publishers, test developers, educational research organizations, and other interest groups. The guidelines ban words, uses, and retain a pictorial image from various educational material. Some of the examples of banned word, the reason and the replacements are <coughs> first, <coughs> the word doorman was banned because it seemed it is sexist and it's been replaced with the word door attendant. The word dwarf was banned because it's considered offensive and it's been replaced with word person of short stature. The word housewife has been banned because it's considered sexist and it's been replaced with homemaker or head of the household. On the similar line, Hindus need to ban the uses of the word Hinduism. 
how to do it. Some of the steps that I can suggest are, don't use the word Hinduism henceforth. Don't buy a book which uses the word Hinduism. Don't refer an article or paper or book which uses the word Hinduism. Run a campaign across the world among school, college, government, think tanks, media houses, publications against using the word Hinduism. And keep the publications which use the term Hinduism out of the library. <clears throat> Let the word Hinduism remain like Trishanku. Trishanku tried to break the law of nature by attempting to enter the heaven when he was alive. And as a result, he was left hanging in between. Similarly, the suffix ism, which as mentioned above has a negative connotation, has tried to make a backdoor entry by associating itself with the word Hindu, with ulterior motives, as proven by the recently held Dismantle Hindutva Conference. The word Hinduism will exist, but not to be used. Only the word Hindutva will be used. Remember, it is important to differentiate between Hinduism and Hindutva. Both represent two different cultures. Hinduism will alienate Hindus from Bharat. Hindutva will make the bond stronger between Hindus and Bharat. I'll conclude by sharing a few examples of Hinduism and Hindutva. India is Hinduism. Hindutva is Bharatma. Mummy is Hinduism. Hindutva is Ma. Rama is Hinduism. Hindutva is Bhagwan Ram. Krishna is Hinduism. Hindutva is Bhagwan Krishna. Ganges is Hinduism. Hindutva is Ma Ganga. Elephant God is Hinduism. Hindutva is Ganpati Bappa Moria. Monkey God is Hinduism. Hindutva is Jai Bajrangbali. God fearing is Hinduism. Hindutva is God loving. Imam Hind is Hinduism. Hindutva is Jai Shri Ram. Temple is Hinduism. Hindu Hindutva is Mandir. Statue is Hinduism. Hindutva is Murti. Aryan Dravidian is Hinduism. Hindutva is Hindu. Caste is Hinduism. Hindutva is Jati and Varna. Great Mughals is Hinduism. Hindutva is Chhatrapati Shivaji Maharaj. Patriarchy is Hinduism. Hindutva is Purusharth. Mother's Day is Hinduism. Hindutva is Navratri. Globalization is Hinduism. Hindutva is Vasudeva Kutumbakam. Canon Tree is Hinduism. Hindutva is Shiv Kamal. Chickpea is Hinduism. Hindutva is Chanagal. Taj Mahal is Hinduism. Hindutva is Ram Situ. Jawaharlal Nehru is Hinduism. Hindutva is Veer Savarkar. Ham Honge Kamyave Ekdin is Hinduism. Hindutva is Dharti ki Shan Tuhe Manu ki Shantan. Sare Jahase Acha is Hinduism. Hindutva is Vande Mataram. I thank the organizer for giving me an opportunity to put my views. Thank you.